0: Hey friends, and welcome back to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. I am so pleased you are here. Today on the podcast, I've got my friend Brittany Muller, the author of The Contemplative Tarot, A Christian Guide to the Cards. And before I tell you about her, let me just tell you, like it has been so fun teaching the Fall Workshop for Tarot School, which is um, a workshop I did at the beginning of the year and is also now what I'm doing here at the end of the year. It's so much fun. It's based off of the guidebook and the journal that I created over the summer. So if you've been out there and you're like, mm, maybe I want to get into this, maybe I want to expand my own spiritual practices, this could be a cool place to start. You can go to my website and check all that stuff out. Other thing I want to say before we get into the show, two things. Shifting a little bit in my work for the fall, First thing being, I signed a book deal y'all. Ah! Signed a book deal. Very very excited, which means I'm shifting my work around. So, um the fall cohort is now a winter cohort, and it's pretty much the same format. There's a bigger emphasis on group work because I won't be able to do as much one-to-one time with everybody, but I I still I know that this is like exactly how it is supposed to be. You know when things are just lining up? You know when your spirit is just like, no, 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 this is exactly right. This is the exact timing. This is what I'm feeling for this. So, a little recap on that. It's 90 days in an amazing cohort of 30 people to get you back to a spiritual practice that fills you with life, to reconnect you with what you already know to be true about you. It's uh, 24 group coaching calls over 12 weeks, a daily reading plan with a daily practice, a video e-course to help work you through some of the other concepts, and let me tell you what: if you've got five minutes a day, you can change your absolute fucking life. And by the end of it, you're going to have a spiritual practices. Uh, you're going to have the spiritual practices and experiences that are going to ground you in your body, in the here and now, and You know, you'll finally be able to get over some of that shit you've been carrying around. So, if that's at all interesting to you, if you're at all interested in trying to learn spiritual practices beyond strict Christianity, beyond and like, you know, get over just being sad about deconstruction, this could be the thing for you. We kick off the week of October 24th. Space is limited to 30 people, and I've already got one person who is signed up. So, 29 spots available. If you want in on that, go to slash cohort and you can learn more. Good? Good. Okay, now getting into the show today, Brittany Muller, who is an author. Uh, She's a writer, a mother, and a wife, an enthusiastic believer in the beautiful strangeness of Christianity, a devout Catholic, believe it or not, with an equally devout sense of curiosity. Her favorite pastime is in finding new ways to think about God. She lives in Austin with her quiet husband and two lively sons, and if you're ever looking for her, she's probably sitting under a live oak tree reading about the saints. Brittany is such a cool individual. And When I discovered her work on the internet, um, her handle is at Blessed Vigil. She really is like, oh, you're bridging the gap with your work right here. So, if you're somebody out here who has a Christian bend and you're wanting like a little like taste of like how tarot could be introduced to your Christian practice, uh, there's a whole book on it and she wrote it and it's brilliant. So, Get yourself a deck of cards, go pick up the Contemplative Tarot wherever you get your books, and cozy up for this wonderful conversation with my new friend, Brittany Muller. Hey y'all! Welcome to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. Coming to you live all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, we have the fabulous, the talented, the insightful, and the author of the new book, Temple of Tarot." It's Brittany Muller, everyone.
1: Woo! Thank you for the applause. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> you deserve it. Um, welcome to the pod. Super glad you're here. Um, tell me. First of all, I know you from the internet because you've been writing about contemplative tarot practice and that's why I originally started following you because I'm just like, A, like you know, we have a, there's numerous practitioners of tarot. I've never one, I've never once met somebody who is like strictly catholic and read tarot and practiced tarot as a form of of meditative and contemplative prayer versus um You make the distinction in your own work, and we'll get into this, between like the difference between a contemplative practice and like a practice for divination or whatnot, um, which I thought was a delicious and fascinating way of approaching it. Because that's kind of how I approach it. And many times is like...
1: That's why I started following you on Instagram, because I felt like we had sort of similar approaches To tarot.
0: Yeah. So before we get into that, tell me how you introduce yourself to people um, right now. They say, oh, hello. So what brings you joy? What's your thing?
1: Ooh, this is like kind of a tough question, actually, because like I, like you mentioned in your introduction, like I am like a practicing Catholic. I also read tarot and wrote a book about it. Um, And... So I feel like every time I introduce myself to a new person, I have to decide whether or not I want to have a conversation with that person about like my work and what I do, um, because it's um, pretty unusual and people can have like really strong reactions to Very it, particularly strong. Catholics or like you know any other Christians. Um, I do feel like, I've gotten better at it in the last year or so, or like braver about it, (laughs) Um, about just being honest about my work um, and what it is that I do. Um, There's still some situations where I will introduce myself um, as just like uh, a mom. And I just like won't tell people that I like have like written this book, or that I like do this work with tarot and Christianity. And yeah, I, f- I feel like we're like immediately diving into like,
0: I mean, go <laughs> off like
1: a vulnerable place for me. If you, but, like,
0: listen, we can go um, as deep or stay yeah. as shallow as you'd like. So you can, uh, you know, always feel free to steer the conversation where you want. But mm-hmm. I, I, I feel very similar to, to you in that sense. Like when people ask, like, So what do you do? I'm like, I'm an accountant, actually. It's pretty.
1: Yes, stay at home mom is my go to because like I live in Texas, I live in Austin, so I can just say, oh, I'm a stay at home mom, and people are like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, cool, that's great.
0: Uh, I'll tell, I'll tell them I'm a writer. Well, then what do you write about? I'm like, shit, you know, but like <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. I don't want to tell people. It's like, well, because it's like I don't want to talk about this with you. Yeah,
0: because like if I'm like in California, I can easily say that you know I do that and be like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, go to other cities, mm-hmm. but even around Atlanta, even within like uh queer community in Atlanta people here that I you know you work with any sort of religious anything uh right and i my friend miles it, uh was worse about this but like it would be no small thing for miles to like be over in the corner talking to somebody about their religious trauma and miles is just listening and i'm the kind of person who'm just like if you start in on me with that i'm just like you have to pay me for this I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like
0: I can't so it's uh so mostly it's like I wanna it's like I wanna be very I wanna be honest. Like what's the what's the line of uh authenticity and uh protecting your energy? I'm not quite sure. Right,
1: exactly. I'm still trying to find that line. Yeah. I think about it all the time.
0: Or maybe there is no line. Maybe it's just it's per situation and, and feeling of the moment because maybe I'll like, you know, meet somebody true, and they're too. just like the coolest shit and like oh yeah i can tell you exactly what i do
1: yeah i go a lot on like vibes now i agree i meet a person and it's like okay i feel like you're the kind of person who would be cool with this so we will like mm-hmm. talk about it
0: yeah um if i may can i ask about your religious background first before we talk about mm-hmm. how you got tarot i think i've read and you can correct me if i'm wrong you converted to catholicism later in life is that right or you're lifelong catholic
1: sort of a lifelong catholic I grew up in like a Christian home, um, but my family moved around a lot. I feel like every time we moved, we like also moved denominations. Ooh, so like I was, yeah. So I spent time in like Methodist churches, Presbyterian churches. Um, my family was like Southern Baptist for a long time, and then they converted to my parents converted to Catholicism when I was thirteen, and of course, like all the kids converted to Catholicism. Of yeah, and that was a really big deal for me. Like, I I feel like the Catholic Church was the first place I found God. Mm. Like, I loved the tradition of it. I think I loved the steadiness of it because I, I had not, like, a super steady childhood. Like, it was happy, but, like, we moved around all the time. And so, there wasn't a lot of, like, rootedness. And so, for me, Catholicism was great because we would go to Mass every Sunday and it was always the same. And when we moved, we would go to a different Catholic church and the Mass was always the same. And for me, that was like emotionally a very satisfying thing. So I was a super devout Catholic um, in like middle school and high school, like I would go to daily Mass Um, whoa come on piety for fun i know like i like before i met my now husband in college i was half convinced that i wanted to be a nun like i was like all in and then i left catholicism in college i don't know this part of the story is hard to tell because i feel like there isn't like a super there wasn't like a real catalyst for it
0: that's okay i
1: guess Like I just, I think I started wrestling with a lot of the questions of faith that people have wrestled with for thousands of years, Um, and also like really came face to face with like the abuse crisis in the church, and was like, I don't know how to reconcile being Catholic with like the like deep rot in the Catholic Church, and so I left. To the faith for a long time and was just not a part of like organized religion at all for um, maybe 10 years I called myself like a hopeful agnostic mm. at the time um, Sorry, I found like,
0: myself a long time too
1: and tarot was sort of the thing that led me back to Christianity
0: or is it like exactly like the right thing because that's exactly what happened like with my practices it's like all of the things I explored still lead me back to this thing that I grew up mm-hmm. in for some fucking reason. It's so annoying sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah, it is annoying. Like people ask me now like why I'm Catholic again and it's like, well, I feel like Catholicism just sort of like follows me around and it's it feels hard to be It's like I'm a human else.
0: with an incurable disease called Christianity and it just-
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Yeah. Jesus put me in a bear trap and nobody has come to the woods to get me out of it
1: exactly yeah that's how i feel too
0: and so like the the tarot like learning how to read it led you back to catholicism tell me of this if you don't mind
1: yeah um no not at all so i picked up tarot in 2015 um we were living in austin at the time my husband was in law school and we had two little kids that i was staying home with and It was just emotionally, like, a really difficult time in my life. Like, young motherhood was, like, not a great time for me. (laughs) Um, And I missed prayer, but I didn't want to pray. And I missed religion, but I didn't want to go back to church. And I had friends who sort of played around with tarot cards, and I thought the art was pretty, so I bought a deck and wound up falling in love with it because it gave me ritual again, which I had not had in my life for a very long time. And it gave me a space where I could sort of explore my inner life. And what I found in my inner life was that I really missed having a faith and I really missed believing in God and I missed religion. Um, And I think that if I hadn't picked up tarot, I would have come back to Christianity eventually. But I do think that tarot specifically was really helpful um, in a really sneaky way, (laughs) because there is a lot of religious, and a lot of specifically Christian imagery and a lot of specifically Christian ideas in the cards themselves. And yeah, it just sort of like snuck up on me. Like I, I had a practice where I would pull a card every day and just sort of hold it in the back of my mind while I went about my day and think about it and journal about it and try to fit it into my life. But so many of the cards are really specifically Christian. So I would pull a card like, you know, the hermit and would think about what that meant to my life. Or I would pull a card like the devil, um, which is like a super spooky card to people. Everyone but always like, the devil sp- is a figure. Yeah, yeah. They, they get
0: spooked out. They see the tower. They see death. They see...
1: Right, right, exactly. But like the devil is a figure in Christianity. And so like I would think about that in terms of Christianity because I had, I had grown up in the faith. Like I couldn't think about it from any other perspective. Right, Um, And I feel like it was the specifically Christian imagery in the tarot that showed me everything that I missed about And so
0: did that pull you back into like, that pulled you back into like, okay, so I know that I missed this part of ritual within like, you know, a Catholic idea or just, like, my Catholic practice. Um, what led you to start writing your book, The Contemplative Tarot? Because, like, that makes me really excited to... for Because, like, I, I think I said this to you, like, like, this was, like, this is a good bridge for so many people, I think, also not just for mm-hmm. widening their spiritual practice if they don't want to, like, you know, claim some sort of other spiritual identity, but I think it also... I think it's a delightful like dip the toes into a little bit of pluralism for folks who feel super strict about not associating with anything non-Christian. I'm like everyone's using this. A lot of people are using yeah. this and like it's people are using it because it's a helpful tool. Um Right. But anyways, how did you go from just like enjoying the imagery, getting pulled back into Catholicism to saying, "Okay, this book is coming out of me whether I like it or not."
1: Mhm. That was really like how I felt about it. Like I, I felt like I have this book in me and it has to come out. But I, so I started talking about it on Instagram. I started talking about tarot and Christianity. Um, when I first got into tarot in like 2015, I had started an Instagram to sort of find like the tarot community on Instagram. And through the years with that Instagram account, it really does trace sort of my spiritual journey, like back into Christianity. Um, And I felt like with my experience with tarot sort of leading me back to religion, I, as it was happening, I really wanted resources I wanted books. I wanted other people to talk to, and there's just there's very little there. There is a there is a book called Meditations on the Tarot. Yeah, um, I
0: have that one. It was one of the very first yes. ones I picked up, and because everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the tarot is not Christian at all," and then someone's just like, "There's an entire book by a French monk." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's a beautiful book.
0: It's thick, though. Um, it's but a, it's th- like it's, a tome. it's
1: so thick. It is. It's a brick. And I read it and it was beautiful, but it took me like two years to read it. And I wanted I wanted something different. I wanted something less exhausting to read or less intimidating to read. But nothing existed. So I decided to write it myself. Classic.
0: Just like it wasn't there, I guess it's like I guess I'm gonna have to do the whole damn thing myself. Which mm-hmm. is kind of I think that's where a lot of us like who I think are on this evolving edge of Christianity, we are still like, we are really creating the resources that we needed. And so then it's like, okay, so now, now that we have the resources, I'm so curious as to what like spiritual community can look like in the future uh, beyond like strict binaries of being a part of a church or not being a part of a church. Um, That's probably a different conversation for another time. But like it's a, it's a, what a, the reason I bring that up is it's exciting for me to see somebody like you who is not shy about the fact that it was like, like no this is my faith and also this is my practice because um, mm-hmm. I think for me like in some ways I feel like this entire this entire season of interviews with people like it's is me wrestling with my Christian identity of like mm-hmm. I don't like it's like the same reason you had like misgivings about being associated with the Catholic Church. Um, Is the same reason I have trouble yeah. being associated with Christianity do. in general. <laughs> it's like, I am, Yeah. I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to be associated, like when I, I don't want, like when I walk into, you know, a, a queer space, someone like, oh, so what do you do? Oh, I'm involved with uh, Christian or church things or faith things. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to trigger folks. Like, I don't want to be, like, right, like right, e- even, exactly. even passively, even though that's, like, a sign that they probably should, like, work on healing on themselves, but, like, that's not me. I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that's just, like, it feels embarrassing in some ways. But And at the same yeah, time, I don't no. know what else to fucking call myself. I don't know, like, I still am a part of a church. I'm still talking about Christian things. I'm still talking about faith and practice.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: what is it? What, what does that make me?
1: No, I feel the same way. Like, I am, like, a practicing Catholic. Like, I'm a parishioner at a church here. I, like, go to confession. I go to mass. But I also, like, have written this book about tarot. And I'm very open about the fact that this is my practice. And there's a part of me that really wrestles with the fact that, like, I don't know, for, like, whatever reason, like, I really love the institutional church. But, like, she's never going to love me back, you know? And it's, like, it's. I don't know, it's really tough. But I also like, I I don't feel like I belong anywhere else. And I also, I know so many people like through Instagram, through the internet, who, like these are the people I wrote the book for. I wrote the book for the people I have met who grew up Catholic or grew up just Christian in general and have been you know, deeply hurt by the institutional church, but also still love Jesus and want to be a part of the faith and want to feel like they can hold on to some part of their faith tradition. And for me, tarot feels like a great bridge for that. It feels like a really gentle, safe way for people to sort of explore that part of themselves like those are the people i write for those are the people i love you know and that's part of i feel like i'm rambling but that's part of like why i'm catholic and why i try to remain like open about the fact that i'm a practicing catholic because like i feel like there's a place in the catholic church for those people And I want to be able to like hold space for those people.
0: Right. I'm sure you already know there's like a a queer Catholic organization called Vine and Fig. They're super dope. So
1: Yes. I love They're just
0: a delight. And it was very funny. Like I went on their podcast and like there's like like, I was like, Kevin, I want to talk to you about miracles. And I'm like, okay. I'm just like, here's the deal. (laughs) I am as like I want empirical data and I want evidence as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And also I don't like science will never be able to explain gravity to me. They'll never be able like, at least in our lifetime, they will not be able to explain these mysteries going on in the universe. And that for me, like keeps it very mystical for me. It keeps it very like, and at the same time, I think when I was in college, I, um, I mean I was I was struggling with my sexuality and so like I think with like for some reason I'm not the first per- first queer person to think this but it's just like I'm going to go live in a monastery because I can't get married in the natural way and so I was like I'm going to go live in a monastery. Right, right. So like I was you know studying catholic catholic catholicism. Catholic- I was studying Catholicism. <laughs> shit let me tell you what like because i'm from tennessee originally and i was just talking to my mama this morning and every now and again it just gets real heavy it
1: comes out
0: and then it that's great i can pull I it out it. on will um at this point um but uh if i even talk a little bit like if even like where's let me not let my add take me on a sad story <laughs> um i was studying catholicism in college i was also studying music in college and so like When you study sacred music, you study sacred music, which means...
1: I was a music major in college too. Hello. That's wild. Choral
0: music or instrumental?
1: Uh, Instrumental. I was a piano performance major.
0: Choral music education.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Nice. That's what
0: introduced me to the beauty of the mass and the beauty of like, I was like, oh my God, music history is church history, is world history right now. Interesting. And so I was just thinking about him just like, People used to think that God was worthy of orchestras. You know, mm-hmm. people used to think that.
1: That's so beautiful.
0: Oh my God. Think about that. People used to believe that like, okay, we, we need a choir and a string quartet and all like we need multiple. And like, and again, I'm not, this is just, uh, Just a, this is not a, a value statement. I think this is just mm-hmm. uh, what's in vogue versus what is not. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what really drew me into this thing, because I was having, in performance, these deep, emotional, resonant experiences with with God, with, with divine, with source. And for me, I think because I grew up knowing Jesus since I was nine, it's just like, it really just I was like, oh, there are avenues even more still than I could even possibly imagine. Cause I grew up evangelical. I had no idea that the Christian church was so wide and vast and different. I mean, even though like I had read the old Testament, like the first time I went to a Catholic mass, I was seeing the way that they were like, uh, preparing the altar. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's just like in the old Testament when they're doing this, this is, I was like,
1: mm-hmm. <gasps> and it was, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah.
0: I the, I think the, my friend, um, took me to Easter vigil for her baptism when she converted. I did not know Easter. I
1: love the Easter Vigil. It is so magical. Like actual, like it feels like actual magic.
0: Yeah. Like it was so mystical. And also so long. I wasn't prepared. Worth so it long. in the end. By the end of it, I was like, <laughs> I'm glad I went through it. Um, and i also glad I had the, uh, what's that piece of paper they give you? The program?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think there, there is just something about the smells and bells. There's something about creating aesthetic beauty as part of a practice, because it really is like the reason like we create art in general, the reason we create ritual is to try to get us out of the way of the physical thing. To say like this, like we want your senses to be in life and we want you to get just beyond your five senses and like imagine like right, right. what God might be like.
1: Yeah, I think about that all the time. And like part of the reason I like returned to Catholicism and to going to church again is because like I like had I like I have two kids and I wanted them to have some kind of faith. I wanted them to have some kind of experience with God. I feel like the mass is different from anything else that they experience in life. Like the church we go to is very like aesthetically beautiful and I really love that. And it's a very sort of like smells and bells kind of church. And like, I want my kids to feel like, you know, like Catholics believe and I believe that like Christ is really present in the Eucharist. And I want my kids to, you know, whether they grow up like believing in God or not, Whatever wherever their faith journey takes them, I want them to feel like when they go to church, it's a different experience than anything else they have, like in their daily lives. Um, like I want it to feel very set apart um, for them. And so for me, like the aesthetics of the church and the aesthetics of the mass and the music, um, that means so much to me. Like, I think it really is important. That's brilliant.
0: It really is. Like, there's a part of me that like, I would love, because again, like I, I've, I think about all the time, what does like spiritual community look like beyond strict Christianity? And I'm like, man, to have the sacred space, I, you know, God was in a tent in the old, in uh, the, you know, in the, in the Hebrew Bible, roaming around the desert. And then, uh, you know, Protestantism kind of took up that thing. It's like, let's just have church in the mall. Let's have church in the movie theater. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, cool, fine. (laughs) Um, But there is something about a space dedicated and consecrated. And I say consecrated very specifically. Like, I mean, like not mm-hmm. to be woo-woo, but to be completely woo-woo, energetically, you set a space apart for a particular reason. It yeah. feels different when you walk in.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you.
0: I think yeah. that's something that, I think maybe in the West, we don't really have as much of a concept for, unless like you're in touch with some kind of ritual practice or a space like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, I would if I were to, if I were to, ha- I'm not going to start a church, I'm not going to start a church. That's the thing. It's just like, I'm already doing like a church online pretty much. I'm just like, oh no. But like that to me feels like no matter where you're setting it up, like there's something about having space and time set aside, even like, you know, you you don't have to go to church to do this, but maybe even like for me, like in my home, I have a space that's dedicated to my meditation and yoga practice. I have a space in my day that is set aside and consecrated for the purposes of getting in touch with that which is deepest within me. And tarot gives like I like right now the, the, the practice is pull cards. That's what you need to meditate on. For, for so for you, daily practice and whatnot. What's your daily practice like? What do you, what do you do to keep yourself grounded and shit?
1: I uh, I'm thinking about a quote I read the other day, and I think it was from like a saint. And now I can't remember where it's from, and it's gonna drive me nuts. Someone tell us in the comments. But I was reading. Yeah, um, I read it in a book the other day um, about how you should always give the first hour of your day to God, no matter what. And then just like let everything else flow from that. Um, And I really loved that because I'm an early morning person. Like my spiritual practice, sort of aside from like, my, like, daily life, um, my sort of set-aside practice always happens in the early morning before my
0: necessary, kids Necessary, for sure. I've got, I work with so many parents, and they're just like, it's hard, be, like, being a practicer of a, any sort of practice when you have kids, and I'm just like, what are you going to do about it? I have no idea how yeah. to help you there, because huh? I have ne- I got a dog. That's <laughs> it. I put her out back. Yeah. She's fine.
1: Even dogs, yeah. Even dogs are tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry to interrupt anyway. you. Anyway.
1: I no no it's okay. Um, I tend to wake up between like four and five a.m. and I like I make coffee and I know. Sorry, my face. Since, like, sorry sorry that my face <laughs> could
0: not hide four or five a.m. I was like that is. I've done
1: this since I've I've always had a weird sleep schedule. No, I've been this way since I was in high school, like way before kids. Amazing. I'm very like early to bed, early to rise, but I wake up early. I have my coffee. And I pray um, the daily office from, or the office of readings from the Liturgy of the Hours. So the Liturgy of the Hours is like the universal prayer of the Catholic Church. It's kind of like what um, like the monks and nuns pray, basically. Um, so like matins, lauds, vespers, stuff like that. That's the liturgy of the hours. And I do that and I pull a tarot card, usually just one. I don't know, I sit and I pray and I think about it and try to make connections between the card that I pulled and like the prayers that I prayed that morning. And sometimes there's an immediate connection and sometimes there's not, but I just sort of let it be what it is. I find that tarot adds, just an extra layer to my prayer, like something else to think about. And it tends to, I think Tara is so good at this. I feel like it will sort of tease out things that I wouldn't notice otherwise, either like in the prayers that I've prayed that day or like in my own sort of interior life and like whatever's going on. I in think there. that
0: is one of the things I, um my mom, how would I describe her? She's not quite evangelical, but she's not not evangelical, you know? Okay. Like nominally Christian, lives in the South, maybe doesn't go to church every Sunday, loves everybody as best she can, um, but still like freaked out by things like tarot. Um, and so like last time she visited me, like I had like my, my tarot guidebooks uh, sitting out because I was getting ready to ship them out. And she's like, and I just want to tell you, I don't want to know anything about that tarot stuff. I don't like, I'm just like, what scares it about you? I'm not scared of it. I'm like, then why are you acting this way? Um, It's just, well, don't you think you could just be like making it all up? I said, I think we're making everything up all the time. I said, but the thing is, like, if at minimum tarot has no mystical properties at all, and it literally is just chance that I'm pulling this card at this time if it causes me to ask questions of myself to become more introspective to question my motives on things to make sure that i'm in line with what i'm supposed to be doing if that's all it's doing shit i think that's pretty good it might yeah, be nothing that's great. and but you know like everything might be nothing but the question no longer becomes yeah. like whether it's real or not the question becomes is this helpful is this leading me to closer to a sense of peace and union with God, or is this leading me away? If it's leading you away from God, don't use it. But if it's leading you closer to that I've sense of connection, con- like, do it.
1: Yeah. I've had this conversation with so many people. Mm. This is like my biggest pet peeve. When I when I talk to like Christians who are like very sort of anti-tarot, and it's like, well, like, tarot like had a direct hand in, in leading me back to faith and it's like the reason I go to mass every Sunday again and they're like, no it's not. And it's like, well, but it is. My you favorite know? thing is like, when people
0: want to tell me about <laughs> our damn experience. is just like, no it's so, not. Right.
1: It's like I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry that it doesn't fit like your preconceived notions of like what tarot should be.
0: Yeah. But and I I just I keep wanting to ask the question. I'm like, "What are you so afraid of, sweet friend?" Cuz like mm-hmm. the only reason you resist something in that manner is because you're afraid of it. If you're indifferent about it, if it's not really a threat to you, you wouldn't care. But you think mm-hmm. that my difference is a threat. You think my practice is some going to how I think this is very much like a maybe this is because of like capitalism and empire and just the fact that like we've grown up like in environments where it's always been an us versus them like and with without uniformity like you know they want peace through uniformity um instead of peace through unity but that's another conversation but like it's it's fascinating to me that like i tell people just like coming out was the thing that allowed me to hold on to my faith you know exploring what my ancestors on my Mexican side and on my Scottish side believed before the empire leads me back to Jesus all the fucking time. And I don't like, it's like, it's like, I don't know what to do with that. I'm just like, there's nothing to do with that, but to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not like, you know, if you find that this person, this faith is still helpful for you, at some point you have to get to the, uh, apparently I'm talking to myself right now. At some point, one needs to get to the point where you're not justifying what you're doing. If you are not harming other right. people, hello, what's the problem, dear?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I, I, I kind of love that Tara was the thing that led me back to Christianity because like, I mentioned before that I was a, like a super devout Catholic in high school um, and like, a very like conservative Catholic And very like, this is our tradition, no wiggle room for like other like faith identities or like any sort of like expansive spirituality. And so for me, it was like maybe the most humbling experience of my life that like tarot led me back to God. And now I feel compelled to like talk about it you know because it's like well like yeah it's like i don't know now i'm like 32 and it's like who the fuck am i to say that like god can't find me absolutely anywhere you know hello like it's just it's been great for me it's been like very like spiritually humbling for me Yeah, and it's also like i
0: like looking at people i'm just like It's like any sort of like non-normal Christian that doesn't fit into like what people Mm -hmm. in mainstream think is normal. It's like, do you have so little faith in this God of the universe that you don't think that God could and would use anyone to accomplish God's will upon the earth? God's will being the liberation of everything. And I'm just like, Amen. I am just as surprised as anybody that God is using me it's like Cornelius. Yes. Cornelius be out there like yes. non-circumcised, <laughs> non-kosher and he's having a, an experience of the Holy Ghost and it's just like who am I to te- to tell you where the Holy Ghost is working who am I? I'm just like Cornelius right, was right. just like what's the Holy Ghost? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he like like that's the thing I point back to is just like God has always 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 used whoever the fuck she wanted. And, mm-hmm. and that's to me, is brilliant, and I'm just like i so like I won't argue with it. I'm just like I know what the presence feels like. I know what it feels like to be guided by spirit, and I'm not going to apologize for that. If you don't, if you don't connect with God in that way, like that's fine. Just like you can't tell me that what I'm experiencing is false, um, mm-hmm. because the because the evidence, the fruit of my life is delicious. Mm -hmm. And that to me is all the proof I need.
1: Yes, I completely agree. Shit, I didn't
0: know we were gonna preach today, you know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) I like it though.
0: It's where I go. Um, I always ask five people, excuse me. I always ask everybody five questions (laughs) um, (laughs) to wrap everything up. It's kind of like, it's not quite, it's not rapid fire. It's just five things, just just one thing. Uh, What's one thing you like about yourself?
1: Okay, literally the first thing that came to my mind is that I think I'm a really good mom.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And
1: like we haven't we've like not really talked about parenthood at all on this podcast. But if you want to, let's get into it. Yeah, and another on the way. And like I think I'm like a really good mom. Like I think I'm really good at being like really present with my kids and like enjoying them like at, at whatever stage they are in their lives like i just love
0: being around them i bet i bet that like they're so lucky especially that like i mean i'm dead ass because just like when i'm talking to any sort of parent friends i'm just like you need to practice more than anybody else to be honest
1: it's like Mm -hmm. you need
0: to have a a daily thing that's keeping you grounded so that you can like recognize when you're off your shit and taking it out on your kids
1: yeah absolutely
0: I say that for like knowing that you have like you wake up at four o'clock and you give the first hour of your day brilliant i
1: <laughs> i try
0: I want you know what i it, I think it's really like for me it's super seasonal. It's like wintertime feels so easy for me to just like wake up, get my coffee or tea, sit at the altar, do my things. Mm-hmm. summertime, I want to get up and go. I am wanting to be in the fun in the sun. it is harder for me to like. Uh, keep my devotional practice as, at least that's what I've noticed the past couple years is like wintertime, very strong summertime, lots of energy, lots of going. But by the end of summer, I'm tired again. I'm like, Oh, it's time. It's time to.
1: Interesting.
0: So maybe that's the witch in me who can say.
1: Um, Yeah, maybe so. What is
0: one thing you're super proud of?
1: I am really proud of this book that I wrote because I think it's going to help a lot of people. I know it will and it's exactly the book that I would have wanted to read like five or six years ago. Oh yeah. Um and I'm just really glad that it's going to be out in the world.
0: It's really good, y'all. It's really good.
1: Yeah, you've read it. You blurbed it for me.
0: Yeah. As I was reading which it. Which was
1: very nice of you.
0: Which also just like it's kind of like what you said like I like I think in the blurb it's just, like this is the book I needed when I started on my journey. Because it does the bridge work for you, and also exactly, I tell you what, what was so fun to me is like, I'm always somebody like when I'm reading for other people, I'll pull a card and I'm just like, you know that story in the Bible where Jesus said this, this, and this. It's like yes. I'm like that's exactly what this card is about, and so it's yes. constantly pulling. So, I'm excited for it too. Um, what's one thing that pisses you off or is like a pet peeve? What gets your goat? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying
1: to, I'm trying to think of something that I haven't already talked about. I really dislike it when I tell people about my work, and they just like sort of immediately shut it down based on their like preconceived notions um, about tarot, um, rather than like adopting a posture of curiosity about it, which happens a lot. It happens more often than I would in like. Texas,
0: I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, just like a lot of like superstition, which I try not to judge because like I'm like superstitious about some things too, and like I get it, but
0: but also it's like come on, me. like it is two thousand and twenty-two. Like, I almost said twenty-one, yeah. and I was like, oh, lost a year. What is one thing in your life that you're super committed to? Or just regular committed doesn't even have to be super committed.
1: Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of things I'm really committed to. I feel like I'm that kind of person. I'm really committed to my marriage. I love that. Um, I'm committed to my kids, and I'm really committed to my faith and my spirituality. I feel like those are like the three big things, and that's like my whole life.
0: <laughs> I think it's pretty brilliant. So, <laughs> last thing. What's one thing you might want to do before you die?
1: Ooh, I definitely want to write more books
0: mm.
1: Yeah. before I die.
0: I would really love at the end of my life, I mean, at least 10, at least 10. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. And I hope, what other things would you want to write about? What kind of things do you want to write about?
1: To be totally honest, I literally have no idea. Love that. I've had like several people ask me like what's your next book gonna be about? It's like I don't know.
0: You're in the middle of promo know. for this one. Don't ask me that question. Yeah, that is rude. It's like
1: I like I have no I idea. I am basking
0: in the glory of the here and now. I am present with the Almighty. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> that's how I'm gonna start answering people.
0: Like <laughs> Don't ask me about the future. I couldn't tell listen, what did you worry tomorrow's gonna worry about itself. Like Exactly
1: what's the bible verse sufficient to the day or the evils thereof
0: you listen you, come on ancient language version <laughs> sufficient to the sufficient to the day are the evils thereof i love that version i'm a i'm a i like that mm-hmm. and now that you've said it out loud it's probably going to be lodged that The king brain. james
1: <laughs> man <Probably.
0: laughs> brilliant when does when does uh the contemplative tarot drop and when is it available is it available for pre-order and whatnot
1: It is available for Mm pre-order wherever you like to pre-order books. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is dropping on September 13th.
0: Yeah. Very, very exciting. I'm excited. Um, And where can people find you on the internet and uh, maybe hire you for things or give you money for things? I don't know. Where can they find you on the internet?
1: I am mostly on Instagram at Blessed Vigil. And I also have a Twitter Which is also blessed vigil, but I'm not on Twitter very much because I kind of hate Twitter. (laughs) Um, It's just a lot for me.
0: Yeah. Um, Internet right now is a lot for me. Yes. So, and here we are doing a podcast on the internet. Woo!
1: On the internet. Because we've
0: got to make a buck. Because capitalism, baby. We have to. we have to. So, yeah, go buy the Contemplative Tarot wherever you get your books. Um, follow Brittany on the internet. And thank you so much for being here with me on this um, time.
1: Thank you for having me. That was delicious. It was great to talk with you.
0: That was my conversation with Brittany Muller. If you want to find her work, she, like she said, it's uh, at Blessed Vigil across social media. And go pick up her book, The Contemplative Tarot, A Christian Guide to the Cards, wherever you get your books. I also, um, I wrote a, a little endorsement for it too. Like it really, really was one of the... Most wonderful things I've read about the cards. It's thick, it's good, it's juicy. I love it. So, again, Contemplative Tarot, a Christian Guide to the Cards, Brittany Muller, available everywhere now. Thanks, Brittany, for coming on the show. It was really wonderful. This episode, like usual, is sponsored and supported by all of my friends at the crowded table the crowded table is the spiritual social club for all heretics and doubt-filled believers um where you can come learn new spiritual practices connect with other people that have walked through your shit maybe find some new ways of being a spiritual human i don't know there's so many cool things that we're trying out here um And we have an interest meeting coming up Wednesday, September 14th that I'll also post later. So if you're wanting to catch a vision for like what we're about, the things we're trying to do together, like it's not just going to be a me talking to everybody, but we are getting everyone involved with creating this new thing. So if you're interested, come hang out with us you can go to thekevingarcia.com for more information you can check my social media my link tree at thekevingarcia and if you know you already want to join and you want to like or at least you want to support this show you can just do that really it's like a play as you want get involved as you want but I'm really really thankful for everybody who supports supports me and supports the show so you are wonderful thank you for that keep your eyes out for stuff pertaining to the book coming up very soon keep your eyes out for retreat stuff because I'm talking to someone in California, people. I'm thinking we've got something coming up in May. I'm thinking it's going to be a big deal. So just get excited. That's all I've got. I hope you're wonderful. I hope you have a fabulous week. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of A Tiny Revolution. Until next time, take your meds, call your person, eat something delicious, shake your ass, take a nap. I don't know. Go pick yourself up a tarot deck. (laughs) If you want to. Okay, I love you. Goodbye.